what time zone is this? Come on. Come on. Captain America. Mr. Lang. <laughs> it's an honor. I'm shaking your hand too long. Wow, this is awesome. Captain America, I know you too. You're great. Jeez. Ah, uh, look, I want to say, I know you know a lot of super people, so thanks for thanking of me. Welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And I. Hello, hello, (laughs) and welcome back, everybody. Quite literally. We are back. (laughs) And yeah. It's been a minute, Jeff. It's been a minute. We last recorded was over about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. I went on vacation and then came back, work, and busy schedules. (laughs) <laughs> and, but we're back we we're are back, back, back in full effect for the year yes we are indeed <laughs> so so first off great time you had a great time what yes. is vacation like i don't know what vacation is <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's exhausting it's, it's honestly exhausting. it is right yeah man. you need a vacation there's, from your vacation you know people there's there's people who are like when they go on vacation they're like we need to do so much in one day because oh we're here da 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 yeah but there's also the other side where it's like dude i'm on vacation mm-hmm. i don't want to I don't want to be up at 8 a.m. and then I'm and we're out walking, doing things yeah. like driving, traveling until like <laughs> until like 9 p.m. Yeah. You know, because but I'm like in the middle. Where I'm like, yes, let's totally do stuff. Carpe diem. But also it's like I don't want to feel like we have to hit a, like a time. Yeah. Every single time. It's like, yeah. okay, from 8 to 10, we're going to get breakfast and then we're going to go to this <laughs> to this monument. Itemized. And then from 10 to 11, we're going to travel to yeah. that. And then 1130 to yeah. 1, we're going to be, we're going to go here and then someone's going to, and it's like, that's just, <laughs> you know, let's, let's just take some time. You want the leisure. Yeah. The leisure like, of it all. Like, I'm trying to like not stress out on vacation. Leisure. The yeah. only thing I want to worry about is what's my next meal. <laughs> I mean, you do that on the regular, Jeff. So do I. But like, it's not as good as it was in the Philippines. <laughs> no doubt, yeah, right? Like I in the Philippines, like, Ooh, what am I going to eat in the here? Like, <laughs> yeah. What's for lunch or Ugh, dinner? That's so good. But yeah, vacation's good. Yeah. Everyone deserves to go on vacation. Heck yeah! One um, day, one day, I'll do it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but I'm glad we're back. Get back yeah. in the swing of things. Um, a lot of new uh, Marvel things happening this year, and yeah. one of the first one of the first things I did when I came back was we watched. Quantumania. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, you were like almost fresh off the off the plane. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So so we watched the film, and then I piggybacked and cartwheeled into another screening the day after, mm-hmm. as I as I do. But we had some a nice little chat right after, and of course it connects to today's episode, um, which we'll we'll of course talk a little bit more about in a minute. But I had some really great news, Jeff. Uh huh. We have a new Patreon patron. <laughs> so welcome to ChocoMG2112. Wow. Who's the newest member of our We Are Groot Salute oh crew. Gosh. What is the highest tier of Patreon patrons? Thank so, you. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate you. Um, and uh, yeah, we've actually got, you know, some related news. Actually, we, we've got some new stuff, um, you know, related to our, our very exciting news that we hope to share soon. But 
Um, we have a couple of new Patreon goodies coming in the mail. There's Ooh. a new sticker, a new decal that I have come in um, on holographic f- like sticker paper, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great deal. And then the, a new order of um, our iconic seal by Cody, as well as the green bags are finally on the way. Oh, and nice, so those will nice. be in the mail. Hopefully by the time that um, you know most people hear this episode, they'll have them at in their mailboxes and uh, that'll be great. So, uh, so yeah, if you, if you aren't a Patreon yet and would like to support the show, please visit us. Um, you can see the link, you can get the link in the notes, show notes and, uh, yeah. Woo. Woo. Um, and so, yeah, I want to just cover a couple of quick things in the Marvel universe happening right about now. So Disney, uh, is celebrating their hundredth anniversary of sorts. And so they've, they're rolling out this really awesome marketing, like, I don't know what you want to call it, but um, they have incorporated all of their sub-franchises in the celebration, uh, of course, including Star Wars, as well as Marvel. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I went to the park uh, not too long ago, and I stumbled upon these amazing medallions. They're almost like coins. And it, you know... These got some weight to them. They got a little weight to them. Yeah, and they're about... inch and a half maybe it's like a half dollar yeah it looks like a half dollar and it's on one inside it says 100 years of wonder and it's branded for disneyland and then on the other side you could own one of four characters uh groot black panther captain america and of course friendly neighborhood spider-man Ooh. yeah they're really cool really cool souvenirs um again they have like a bunch of different merchandise uh revolving around the celebration and also as of this week, or at least they announced this week, Kang the Conqueror will be yes. walking Avengers Campus. Wow, they <laughs> do not waste any time. That's so cool. That's <laughs> so if you're going to, to Disneyland, or at least Disney's California Adventure anytime soon, be sure to stop by and see Kang. Um, and they also have the coveted Ooze Cauldron. That the uh, the little guy uh-huh. like the the oh, red potion yes, stuff. Yes, yes, yes. They have a sipper. Wow. Modeled after the they vessel. <laughs> don't waste any they're, time. Yeah, yeah, they're incorporating all of it, buddy. Um, and then not so much at Disneyland, but you know, a new show landed on streaming platforms. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is officially streaming. Um, it's a brand new animated series uh, based on the characters of the same name. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I definitely want to check it out. I love Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur uh, together. They're awesome. Big science, big paleontology. If you like either of those things, mm-hmm. probably want to check the show out. Um, real quick, the, sh- the story follows a young genius by the name of Lunetta Lafayette and her adventures with a Kirby-created character uh, named Devil Dinosaur. And he is very much a devil dinosaur. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty neat. Uh, both characters come from different eras of Marvel lore. So, like, uh, Lun- uh, Lunetta is actually from 2015. And uh, Devil Dinosaur actually came uh, around the, the 70s. So, Ooh. it's a nice little contrast there. Check it out. And there's also a really cute cassette tape. They made a cassette tape of the soundtrack. So, it's also available. It looks like the awesome mix, but it's, like, written by oh, Lunetta. Yeah. It's really cute. Um, yeah, check that stuff out. Um, and you know, something that we kicked off in our, our spider Gwen episode, we're going to start giving away some cool stuff, swag, if you will. Um, and so 
stay tuned for this episode's giveaway, which includes two PIM Tasting Lab beaker cups. So these are cups from Avengers Campus. Uh, you get two of them, plus a wasp enamel pin, as well as a PIM logo enamel Ooh. pin. So all of that can be yours if you just keep listening to this episode and hit us with the code keyword um, later in the episode. You'll know when, you'll hear it. Um, but we're going to change up the rules just a smidge because there mm. are people that are in very different time zones. So, uh, yeah. And so, so funny enough, the winner who, who I hope reveals themselves, uh, soon enough, the first winner from the Gwen episode, I believe accessed the, because the show is available at midnight, right? Midnight. Midnight our time. That's true. Yeah. So the, the winner for the first prize clocked in the stream at 7 a.m my god <laughs> so and that was when it was first come first serve so so to give give you know to, to kind of you know balance the playing field level the playing field a bit um we're gonna allow folks who live in various time zones to have a chance so so send us the keyword if you hear if you have it and you want to win send us the keyword anytime between today drop day which is saturday through next friday I'm going to give you almost a week and then we'll put, pull all the names of the people who got it, pick a random winner, and then the prize will be yours. So stay tuned and you could win. Yay. Um, and so, yeah, that said, I mean, we're going to talk a bunch about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh -huh. So like just an FYI, yes. major spoilers. Super <laughs> major. major. Super major. <laughs> major Jonathan Majors. Major, Major Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers are coming your way. So that said, we're not experts. We don't claim to be. We're just a couple of nerds nerding out. So with that said, let's get into today's super duper character study. Scott Lang. Woo! The Astonishing Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so created by David Michelini. Who is also the creator of Venom? If you don't remind, if you, if you, if you, the name sounds familiar, that's mm -hmm. why David Michelini, same guy that created Venom, also created Scott wow. Lang. Um, so Scott was created by Mr. Michelini as well as Bob Layton and John Byrne. Uh, his first appearance was in The Avengers number 181. Hailing from March 1979. 1979. Yeah, huh? it's a classic. Yeah. Um, I didn't pull up the cover. I can do that in a second. But the uh, the wonderful thing about this particular issue is that it's kind of like, it's almost like not a jam piece per se, but the cover was drawn by uh, a legend who just passed away very recently, Mr. Uh, George Perez. And so um, it's got all the Avengers on it. It's 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 pretty neat. Um, I added a new no note into these uh, the factoids here. I don't know if you saw it, Jeff, but did you want to give a a guess on how much the issue was on cover price? On uh, his first first appearance, yeah, in 1979. How much do you think the comic was? Oh, how much the comic was, mm -hmm. not the resale, whatever you're gonna correct uh, original price. 1979. I'm yeah. gonna say a cool buck twenty-five. Buck twenty-five, really? Buck twenty-five. Or am I thinking way too back? Way, way too back, far back. That that's that's way too ahead. No, buck twenty-five is about I want to say late 80s, early 90s. 
Oh. Yeah. So in 1979, um, the comic was actually cover priced at a whopping 35 centavos. That's crazy. (laughs) Isn't that wild? Yeah, exactly. And and also are worth so much more now. I know, which is insane. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And so here's the image for the the cover uh, right here. And so it's got everybody on it. Oh, yeah. So you're talking Hercules and Wasp and Scarlet Witch. Um, I was going to say Venom. Vision, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Ms. Marvel, everything. Not Kamala Khan, but Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the, the, the value of this book is, is even surprising to me. I thought it would be definitely, you know, worth a bit more given all the circumstances. Um, but believe it or not, the issue clocks in at a CGC 9.4 for about a grand and a half on well, short box. Geez. Grand and a half seems kind of low. Low, but still, like, yeah, when it, you buy something for 35 cents... <laughs> And now it's worth fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of yeah, significant. it's wild, right? Um, but yeah, you know, you would think with George Perez and also like a first appearance. I yeah. mean, I kind of get it. That, but I will say, this is the first appearance of Scott Lang, mm. not oh, Ant Man, ah. not Scott Lang Ant Man. So that could probably have a lot to do with it. Yeah. And so on the flip side, on eBay, you could get a CGC 9.6 for 1,250. Um, both of those high grade comics would be signed by Mr. Perez, which is actually even more than it, it would be naturally. Um, whereas the lowest, uh, CGC 6.5 for 80 bucks on short box. So if, 6.5. Yeah, yeah, if you're a George Perez fan and you like Scott Lang, I mean, that's the book to get. 6.5 is, that's all right. But, you know, if you just want to own it, hey. Uh, whereas on eBay, you can get a CGC 5.5 for 69.99. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and <Wow>. then, <laughs> and then uh, a loose copy of the issue, uh, depending on quality, goes for about 30 bucks or so. So it's still very, very, uh, it's a very affordable for, yeah. for what it is. So you know the drill, Jeff. First exposure to the character. I mean, well, I should, well, I think, yeah, it's definitely got to be the first movie. I know. Yeah, right? Is, yeah, because that was his first appearance as well, right? In the MCU. Wow. Yeah. And I remember, I think yeah. I remember seeing like on Twitter, like when, um, like, oh, Paul Rudd is mm-hmm. cast as, you know, Ant-Man. And, yeah. and it was, you know, at first it was Edgar Wright's movie. I remember, right. I remember, I remember yeah, that Yeah, that whole snafu. Yeah. And then like <laughs> he, he had to, he dropped it. Uh, so I remember that and everyone was like, ooh, it's not going to be good if Edgar Wright's not, you know. But then it ended up being, you know, like Paul Rudd just kills it. Like you get yeah. you, you get the character, you get it. And then yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the first movie for sure. It's definitely got to be. Interesting. The first yeah. exposure. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> familiar, definitely familiar, because I did own, and I pulled out a couple of comics because I was I was pulling out, you know, stuff that cleaning I cleaning out. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I was cleaning up shop, if you will, and I found a couple of issues that I actually had. I mean, they're not too old at all. I'm 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 not very well versed in in Ant Man at all whatsoever, sure, yeah. but I do have these issues, and so I. I grabbed these modern books at some point 
And so I grabbed this, you know, I think this is his 2012, maybe 15, maybe before the movie came out. Um, Ant-Man number one, uh, the cover art by Mark Brooks, who I really love. Um, as well as this <laughs> Ant-Man Phantom variant. So I got to talk to you about this variant. So uh, Phantom is, is, is one of the publishers, if you will, of these very specific variants. Yeah. And so this is basically a play on some very classic, iconic um, uh, Todd McFarlane Spider-Man art. Got so it. any character that you can imagine has a co- Phantom has done the cover variant. Uh-huh. It's the same pose with the same background, but it's it's tailored to that character. Got it. So um, these are worth a you know pretty okay amount. Um, but yeah, you know I got these two books. This one's number five, and so I was kind. Of, oh, this is this is Todd Nock too. He he's a pretty mm. well known artist. We've mentioned a few times, and so I I was familiar with him, and and also because I do happen to have a trading card from the '90s featuring Scott Lang Ant Man. So he was in proximity, but I I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I knew that he could shrink and he talked to uh, insects, that, but that, yeah, that OG helmet <laughs> is so hilarious. It's so good, especially with you know the fact that they, they put it in uh, um what was it? Infinity War? Civil uh endgame. Yes. Endgame? Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they said they Yeah, they, they they tossed it in a flashback. But yeah, I, that that was yeah. The card was my first exposure, I think, and then from there it kind of trickled down. But it was—he was never a character I was super duper focused or, or knew about until the film started to becoming a thing. And I think, like many people, like officially a household name, like oh, it's Ant Man. <laughs> it's Paul Rudd, man. It's Paul Rudd's yeah. magic. <laughs> and so, um, so speaking of the trading cards. Um, I do have the movie ones as well, oh, like the that movie posters. So good. The white one is so the good. The white one is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so for the Ant Man card itself, I had to make sure that it wasn't Hank Pym. I was like, okay, Scott Lang. Okay, Scott Lang, great. <laughs> so this is gonna be interesting to you because, like, you know, when I was doing this homework, I too was kind of becoming more familiar informed okay. with like yeah, this yeah, version yeah. of him. And I was like, you know what? He sounds very, very familiar. So as the trading card states, this is from 1992. Uh, I believe it's the Marvel Universe set. Um, ex-convict and electronics wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Lang tried to go straight, but when his daughter was kidnapped, he stole the costume of the original Ant-Man to use in her rescue. Having provided himself a worthy successor to Dr. Henry Pym, Lang, Lang continues to fight crime with the original Ant-Man's blessing carrying on the tradition of one of the world's most remarkable heroes. Um, yeah, and so it, interesting. it's interesting. Like that's how we got this. this that's how he got yeah. his, the suit in the movie as well, right? And so there are a few, some little differences, like the, the kidnapping of the daughter I was going to say, that, that, I mean, that kind of happened in Quantumania. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> the funny thing about this card is that on the power rating of one to seven, Scott peaks at three. <laughs> it's like oh Damn. man that's kind of harsh and so his strong his strengths are intelligence surprisingly enough mental powers and fighting ability so i don't know is that scott lang is that ant-man uh, i think it's scott lang but who knows um so i guess with that we can just get right 
to it. Um, and so, as I mentioned here near the, the top of the show, Scott made his first appearance in March 1979, but made his first official appearance as the second Ant-Man in Marvel premiere number 47, cover dated April 1979. So it took a whole... It took a whole month <laughs> for him to finally jump from one debut to an official first appearance. Got it. And so as the card says, he was an ex-convict with expertise in all things electronics. So I think that's kind of funny because like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call him an electronics wizard in the movies. Well, in the movie he, he has a, he has a, he's an electrical engineer degree. He has a degree, yes. right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that would that helps him with the all the burglarizing. And That's the, why when he yeah. went to Hank's house yeah. and, they, and they and they broke into that vault. Yeah. Like he's able to do that. I think That's, that was like the way that they were like trying to flex like sure like character his knowledge. Yeah, yeah, flex his knowledge and yeah. be like, like, oh, like he's not just a convict. Like he's actually really smart. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so, so in the books, um, he landed a job designing advanced security for tony stark so the first time we see him in I mean, his first is appearance like the movie where works in security <laughs> right right that's <laughs> that's exactly it and so so in in his first appearance like you know the avengers are all going about their business and then um oh gosh who was it i think it was wonder man pops in wonder and man. i know <laughs> just wait till he Coming makes his soon. debut Coming i know soon. he comes in and he sees this random dude like finagling with the system and he's like who are you and he immediately tries to attack him and tony's like no 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 this is scott lang i've hired him he's working on on my uh defense mechanisms blah 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 and so um he just kind of came across as like oh it's this random guy you know like there was no big deal yeah. he was just a guy that was really good with electronics and so um he he continued to kind of like do odd jobs for for stark including like doing recon on Justin Hammer of all characters at one Whoa, point. What a crazy crossover. Yeah. is So <laughs> once again, my mind is like putting all of these characters in the same place MCU wise. Yeah, like, and it's I'm, like, I'm like imagine the interaction yeah, with the MCU actors. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. That would have been interesting for sure. Um, and so in the books, you know, in his later appearance, um, Scott, he's like, uh, he, he comes across the Ant-Man suit during... Um, um, his burglarizing. So he 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 was. I guess he was. What would you call it? He was scouting around, like yes. trying to find a, a good place to like break in. Of course, <laughs> as as he does, and um, he recognized once he got into this place. He recognized. He's like, wait a minute, that's the Ant Man suit. So he knew. Oh, so he knows of the he Ant -Man. knows of the oh, Ant Man in the, in, in the in the origin yeah and that's so that's a contrast right there right and he <laughs> and he also knew the identity so he's like hank oh, so he Pym. knows hank yeah so he knows him from the news and all that good stuff because the avengers are clearly like global sensations right and so yeah so he cased the joint and uh it's quote unquote as he says in the book sophisticated detection devices and so this is like again like 80s and so it's just very simple stuff that's yeah. just i don't know it's hilarious to me um and so uh it, it meant that um all the all all the protection that the place seemed to have meant oh he, he must be he must have a lot of valuable stuff in there yeah let me, let me go get it and so that's how he comes upon, upon the suit and all that good stuff um 
And yeah, so so Scott steals the suit, uh huh, knowing it's from Ant Man, knowing it's from Hank Pym, yes. and he's like, "I'm gonna use this for what I need it for," and uh, and and the funny, the reason why it's even available is because at that point in time, like Janet Van Dyne was was the Wasp, but Hank was Yellow Jacket. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, so we we talked about it in the Ultron episode a bit, like how, uh, and the Hawkeye one, where like Hawkeye was Goliath for a hot second. <laughs> yeah, gosh, yeah, and then um, you know, like an Ultron with with Hank Pym, like being he was different. He's been different uh, entities and monikers in in this grandscape that is the Marvel universe. And so at this point in time. There was no Ant Man, if you will. Yeah, and so that, of course, it's the perfect avenue for him, for Scott to come in, and 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 take the uh, the moniker and become the Ant Man, um, and so uh, so yeah, so he ultimately uses the the suit to seek the help of a woman named Doctor Erin Sondheim, and so there's this whole story with Cassie where she's pretty much an unwell child she has a heart defect of sorts oh. yeah and so um doc the dr sondheim she's an expert in critical focus laser surgery as they critical focus <laughs> laser surgery i'm convinced that in the 70s and 80s or even you know they'll just be throwing words age, together yes man. <laughs> they're like what sounds sophisticated yeah <laughs> So they had sophisticated detection devices and critical focus laser surgery. Jump space. It just sounds like an Austin Powers, yeah. Dr. Evil, yeah. like super weaponized sure. weapon. Which is in itself like, like base. Ha ha ha, you come into my secret lab. That's exactly right. And I have the, what is it? What is it the, called? The critical focus laser surgery. You've discovered my critical focus laser system. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yes. what will I ever do? That's exactly it. You foiled my plan, Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, can you imagine a 70s Ant-Man like trailer? I'm or thinking something. of just like, just like the most oh cheesiest stuff. Oh my gosh, it would be incredible. Oh my gosh, it would be so incredible. <laughs> Like young Michael Douglas in that awful helmet. Oh my gosh, give it to me now. I <laughs> I think that's what I wish. I think a lot of people probably wish this from the MM movies yeah. is is seeing Michael Douglas in that suit. Dude. At least him real. just taking off yeah. and be like, oh, okay. Like he's like yeah. I mean, we heard it in the first one, like he did that mission with with Janet. With Janet and yeah. everything. But you never like see him take off the helmet. But like like ah. Like we got to see him or when in, in Endgame, we saw yeah. the helmet. Yeah. Like he was still just working for yeah. shield still. Yeah. And it's like, ah, yeah. But so hey, good. maybe there's going to, maybe there is going to be a fourth movie, <laughs> Who but knows, right? I don't know. I would love to see retro everything. That'd be so cool. That would have been. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so speaking of Cassie's, uh, heart defect. So she, uh, Dr. Sondheim like specialized in that very specific, um, method of, you know, healing or fixing the problem and so uh, cassie herself had a congenital heart defect um more specifically an occluding membrane that needed to be removed oh, from her from her i believe her aorta and so um yeah so Scott utilizes the suit. He has his, you know, duke it. He dukes it out with, with another person that's trying to use uh, Doctor Sondheim um, 
you know, for their purposes. Yes. We'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, but yeah, uh, after after Hank realizes, oh, he stole it with good intentions and he did it for the good of his daughter, mm-hmm. um, he's like, you can have it. <laughs> so he gives him the suit and he makes him the new Ant-Man. So it's, it's almost similar to like, you know, Clint and uh, Kate almost, you know? It's like, oh, actually, you know, you're not so bad at it. You yeah. can go ahead and uh, do it. the thing. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, Scott Lang, portrayed by Paul Rudd, first seen in Ant-Man 2015, directed by Peyton Reed, with music from Christoph Beck, last seen in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, just came out this month. Go see it if you haven't yet. Also directed by Peyton Reed, also with music from Christoph Beck. So we had a listener question from our dear friend Stephen Ray Morris Ooh. of See Jurassic Right and the Percast in My Favorite Murder. He says, How is Paul Rudd immortal? <laughs> Honestly, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty valid. Question, yeah. um, I just saw uh, quick side tangent, but it relates to this question. Yeah. Seth Rogen did an interview and then he he was talking about working obviously him and Paul Rudd have worked a long yeah, time a, a while together for yeah. a long time together and then he was like when I started acting like alongside Paul I was the younger one <laughs> like I looked younger oh my god and then now I look older than him that's hilarious <laughs> that's look so at funny. photos of Paul from Clueless yeah and then look at him now it's kind of like that's kind of insane. It is kind of <laughs> wild, right? Like he's either got a really great surgeon or Botox that person, or Maybe. he just takes good care of himself, yeah. which I yeah. think it is very- It could go either way, and it, yeah. both of it is fine because- He looks great. Because, yeah, he looks incredibly He's natural. timeless. He's timeless. He's timeless. Truly, yeah. And I think it's just the Paul Rudd magic. I think it's just Paul. It's a very Paul Rudd thing. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, so, yeah. So let's let's talk a bit about- about Scott's run in the MCU, like from first movie all the way up to n- till now, like what are some of your favorite moments and all that good stuff? Uh, him and Cassie, the him and Cassie oh, moments. Yeah. I think my favorite moment ever mm-hmm. was Endgame, where Dang, he dude. saw Cassie for the first time. Man, that moment, yeah, of like and the camera work on it, where it just stays on on Paul, yeah, and then or no, it starts. Cassie. Cassie, and yeah. then it goes to Paul, mm-hmm. and then Paul's like, you're, "You're so big." I was like, "I lost it." I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I can't imagine." <laughs> you're gone for five years, yeah. and then you see your daughter for the first time, yeah. and she's all grown up. Your baby is like, the, a grown like up, that. Yeah. That out of that movie, like that sh- that shot stuck out to me a lot because yeah. I was like, "This is intense." Well, that's what makes it such a bummer. Yeah, and that then Emma Paul Rudd like there. Yeah. just acted the hell out of it. Oh, he's so good. Um, Emma Furman acted yeah. the hell out of it. They just had a very genuine, authentic, yes. believable moment, yes. and it was such a small moment in time, but it made such a great impact. Yeah, like when I think about <sighs> acting, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, they make it seem so like. Obviously, like I'm, I'm an ed- I'm a video editor, so like I've obviously edited something like that. But then I can't imagine yeah. like you're an actor, you're on set, you're like, okay, this is gonna be a very, this is a pretty emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Someone says action, and you just gotta just emotions, just yeah. boom, flood yeah. out. And I'm yeah. like, that nailed it. That's respectful. Stuck to it. Typical yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I think that's a. I mean, you know, as we as we talk about this, the comic book version of Scott, um, that's something that they have very much in common is the focus and the love for the daughter. Yes. Which is really nice because which is like kind of the core of yeah. all three 
Yeah, of his the entire movie. run. Oh, maybe except except the the second one. Yeah, well, but, I will say that that is still daughter oriented because of hope. Because of hope. So, yes. Yeah. So the, so, so the whole yeah. like yeah like like kid parent sure uh, dynamic is very strong in the anime yeah. movies and it works because yeah. you know they're the, you know like Paul or Scott and Cassie mm-hmm. Hope and Janet and also um, Hank. Yeah. Um, so they're a family yeah like that dyna- i think and that's what i think that's what made quantum mania work for me yeah i know i mean we saw all like kind of like sure the hate for it where yeah. it's like eh, it's a mid movie and you know obviously yeah everyone has an opinion and right to it 100 mm-hmm. percent. um but i think at the end of the day like the core of it is getting cassie you know the, it was cat it was cassie and and scott and scott trying to connect with his daughter and that was kind of like the main um kind of core of the movie i think but yeah. then it was also figuring out like like janet why don't you like being down here like what happened here? yeah <laughs> so obviously that was like the core like you mm-hmm. know problem mm-hmm. but the main part was like the relationship between scott and cassie, and cassie which i thought yeah. was there yeah and they and then and they, and they established it in the first like 15 20 minutes too it was like like oh like he's yeah. He's his big Avenger. He's his big star, but mm-hmm. his daughter is like getting into trouble. Like his over daughter and over. is following him in his footsteps, yes. like, and he's <laughs> like, "I don't want that for you, but yeah. you're, you, I don't." But I'm also like this big star because you know yeah. I'm an Avenger. But yeah, so yeah, I know. I I I love that about Scott's character, and and I love how Paul has really crafted these really again authentic relationships and and authentic chemistry with with all of the actresses that have portrayed cassie yeah um i love the first one absolutely love her i have their names down here so that the very first cassie um was portrayed by abby Ryder fortson she's i saw her in a trailer or something recently and i was like oh my gosh she's already a little lady She's not a baby anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, that was movie came out in yeah, 2015, right? In 2015, so that means that they filmed in in 2014 at the latest. So so that's almost 10 years ago, which is kind of wild if you think about it. Um, but yeah, you know, I I loved the the relationships he's forged um, not only with Cassie but also you know the the Pim Van Dynes as well as um, his crew who I I wanted to jot a, an honorable mention for here because I didn't go into them um, at all but you know Michael Pena as Luis um, Ti as Dave and David Dastmalchian uh-huh. as um, as Kurt, <laughs> which, you know, they were, they were so fantastic in the first film and, yes. and what little they were in the second. But, um, yeah, I think, I think Paul brought a really great, I don't know, there's something about the anime movies, at least the first two that, you know, I think is, it's why I feel the way I do about Quantumania and that, again, I'm a grounded hero type of person. Sure. And so I really thrive in the Ant-Man that's like, you know, on the ground with the ants, yes. the ant heels. I think it's so funny. It's so clever. Um, it definitely, you know, it brought back those nostalgic vibes of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and all that good stuff. Um, and just the comedic hilarity that is seeing things from a tiny, tiny perspective. Yes. <laughs> did I ever show you? Oh, my gosh. Maybe I did a long time ago. But when Ant-Man, Ant-Man 1 or 2 came out, Marvel had this cr- incredible... Uh, immerse, uh, immersive experience photo booth uh-huh. that 
you they put you in front of green screen yeah and they had the helmet in front of you and you put on the helmet Whoa. and then you shrunk down uh, into the trailer so the helmet's like a vr type of thing? no 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 oh. they took a video oh and so oh. I have a video of myself. Maybe I'll post it. Dude, and yeah. it's that scene from the first film where he's in the bathtub for the first time and he's putting on the suit. It's uh-huh. that scene, but they, they put you in it. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I really enjoy that sort of street level version of the character. Yes. And I think Scott, uh, Scott, I think Paul really executed it a, very I well. I think a lot of the fan base, they also, you know. Yeah. They, they like when the heroes feel like you're in a more realist that they can relate to. Yeah. So when you throw them in such a... Yeah, big Like a wild world, world that yeah. obviously doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, it's the, and that, the quantum realm, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it gets lost to people and then... Yeah. And then the, obviously people just know it's CGI. Yeah. And maybe it takes it out for them and that's totally maybe, valid. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like just try to take the story for what they're trying to tell and then, you know, hope for the best. But yeah, exactly. I get it. Yeah, totally. Um... You know, and, and of course, many of these characters that we're, we're probably going to mention or at least talk about in a very, very little minimal way, almost every single one of them could have their own episodes. 100%. <laughs> so we're not going to go too deep into any of them, but I know I know you want to talk about Mr. Kang quite a bit. So we'll 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 get I mean, yeah, if you guys saw my tweets coming from the <laughs> from the from the Twitter. Yeah. Man I has was range. Like, I was very I was like we've never yeah. seen anything like this yeah, no, ever. Yeah, he's it, it, yeah, it but you know, before we we get to the rest of it, I guess to take to talk back to Quantum Mania and and in comparison to the other two films. I did like it. I still liked it. I do hold them to almost like different tiers because like, it is, it's, it's a very different world too. Yeah. And so we're no longer in San Francisco. Like we're no yes. longer in locality. That, yes. That's like, like, it's not a real place. It's not <laughs> a real place at all, but they did paint a very, a very cool, imaginative, yes. like different atmosphere. That's not quite galactic, but it almost has space vibes. Yes. which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I really, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. It was really entertaining. And, you know, sure, it may not be for everybody, but I th- I definitely urge everybody to see it twice. Like if you weren't so, if you weren't so in love with it or you didn't like it at first, yes. I would say watch it's, it again. It's, it's a third movie of the trilogy, but it's still, mm-hmm. you know, world establishing. Yeah, and exactly. And I think that's, you know, because you're, you have a, such a familiar character, mm-hmm. but then you're still trying to establish this new world. When right. usually in trilogies, you yeah. know, there's already a world established. You're just adding a character to that world. But exactly. this one, it's both. You're adding new characters. Yeah. You're adding a new world, mm-hmm. and then now you're, in, and then you're also furthering the main characters. Yeah. So it's a lot, and yeah. it's a two-hour and five-minute movie. Yeah. So, um, it is a lot. It's yeah. a lot to take in for sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely I liked it. I I will say I liked it more than Love and Thunder. <laughs> People are like, oh, Thor, Love and Thunder. I, will, but I was like, ah, actually, oh, that, see that, see that. Oh. That's a hot take because yeah. I have to disagree. <laughs> with which one i have to disagree with that love and thunder is better yes i agree yeah i agree yes i loved it too it was fun but the show can go on yes like <laughs> no. Just, just no for sure yeah. i also think people like i think i think endgame and infinity war really spoiled a lot of our uh, like thinking oh 100 like a lot of the mcu fans thinking because now you're like, and such. like oh expectation if they're gonna do this yeah. like they gotta keep it up for everything like, no they no, don't like, it's no. Like, yeah yeah totally get it yeah 
So let's talk powers and paraphernalia. Woo! So biggest thing, I meant to get these out from my little storage downstairs, but the pim particles are a big factor, of course, to Ant Man. Um, and so I, I kind of want to get into the science of this because you know we this is of all the science stuff that we have talked about before. This is certainly one of the most scientifically sciencey things that um, <laughs> that our superheroes uh, like, how, like. How versatile are pim particles? Like, I mean, in what what sense? I don't, that's what I'm saying. Like, what else can it be used oh, for yeah, besides yeah, exactly? Like, time or i'm not time time <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> but then also like shrinks down like like, yeah. does, like does it cure cancer like you know like like what else can it do yeah well that we we mentioned this in the daredevil episode where yes matt murdoch used pim particles yes. yeah to save foggy yeah. who had cancer yeah, like, and he got better <laughs> and i mean before we get too off tangent i'm like yeah. are they still developing like an mcu like is Hank still developing pin particles? Oh, I think I think it's gonna. And is expand. he the only person that has pin no. particles? Like, who is Be- he giving well, it out to? Well, like, th- this is where we have to revisit number two again, because the doctor that was, uh, you know, Lawrence Fishburne's yes. character was also part of that whole. He was a giant man. Mm-hmm. He was part of Project Goliath. Like, is pin particles <laughs> down the road? Is it going to be like a huge like factor? I don't know if it'll <laughs> pun intended. Um, I don't. <laughs> nice. I don't think it'll be. Oh, God, I hate me. <laughs> I I I don't think it'll be huge, but I think it's gonna come back a couple more times Fair. in some evolution or some form because you know they do a lot of good callbacks. Um, but yeah, so so to the science of pim particles and the actual science behind pim particles. Um, so in the books, uh, they're a rare group of subatomic particles capable of altering one size and mass. And so um, its exposure is akin to something like almost like gamma. I mean, that's kind of like a that's that's a broad statement. But um, when people are in the presence long enough of pim particles in the books their biology seems to alter. Got it. And so they, when they're exposed to it, you know, sometimes it changes them in a certain way, you know, rather than them ingesting it or if it touches them. Like it's not one of, it's not like a, it's not a tactile thing. It's almost like it's, they treat it like a gas. It's a gas. Okay. So, so in the films, it's almost like a liquid, right? Yes. Like it's like a yeah, little yeah, vial. Yeah. Like you and, need it. Yeah. Like, 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 like I, I think of like Endgame, like when they needed pin particles again right. and everything. Right. So. Yeah. And so they had to they had to make it like a tangible thing. Whereas in the comics, I feel like it, it is presented as a gas-like um, substance, which uh, do I have a screenshot? Um, they, they do often show like uh, on Scott's and even Hank's utility belt like instead of those using those little like discs, almost discs the yeah the like little the big discs. small disc things. yeah <laughs> um they they just push a little button and then it's <laughs> this is gonna be the strangest statement do you know those like do you remember oh, you probably don't remember you probably weren't even born but do you know wow. those little <laughs> the wow. coin the coin like yes i do i do Right? I really, I do. Yes. I, genu- I genuinely do. Okay. Is it how much change? Oh, yeah. That. That thing. <laughs> yes. The coin dispenser thing it's that like a, people it's like would the, wear at the arcade. Like, it's like the, like back in the day, 
back like, yeah. when you have a phone on your hip but <laughs> yes. like people had it like the people at like cons- yeah. at, at, at amusement parks had like, yes. like how much do you need bah, tokens bah, like, yeah click, token holder click. things yeah yeah so it was almost kind of like that they would just kind of push the little button and then it would just like shoot out oh, wow. yeah and the gas would like come out and so um when it comes to the pin particles themselves this is something this is a, a an idea in the in the comics that actually challenges and surpasses something in real life called the square cube law okay we're getting into math and stuff gosh i'm horrible (laughs) at math man (laughs) and so um so according to the internets square cube law is a quote-unquote principle discovered by galileo galilei Galilei. What was Galileo, Galileo doing, man? Was he just bored? He was like, screw it, I'm going <laughs> to discover stuff. Well, I mean, when they didn't have all these distractions, right? Like, they just had time. Get a life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, who discovered the Pythagorean theorem? Like, why? Like, why? Yeah, oh my goodness. So, Galileo. So, so you know, um, he discovered this, this principle. And so, as an object grows larger, uh-huh. its surface area grows quadra... quadra Quadratat. How did I quadrilat? No, quadrataliki. Quadru- That's a word. Is that a word? Did I typo that? No, that I copied and pasted that. Okay, <laughs> gotta. Cut no, we're this. keeping. We're keeping. No, we're keeping it. We're keeping it. We're keeping it. We're keeping it. We're keeping oh, it. Awful. It. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna learn with us. Yeah, uh, everybody. Yes, exactly. Um. So so when the surface area grows, um, the volume grows cubically. So, so its surface area grows by the square of its growth factor, while its volume grows by the cube of its growth factor. So, for example, if a man suddenly became 10 times taller, wider, and longer, his bones and tendons would be 10 times longer, his muscles and skin would cover 100 times more surface area, and he would be a thousand times as big and weigh a thousand times as much. Which is why when he's giant man, exactly, he's slow. Exactly. Honestly, that scene where, they're, where, they, where they both got big <laughs> yeah. was honestly, I thought was hilarious. I thought it was genius. Cassie, you're Dad, so big now. We're so big now. <laughs> why am I craving something citrusy? I know. Or something like, like I that. I want a lot. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, so cute. And yeah, yeah, I love that because it is a callback to Civil War. Yeah. When, Does anybody when have any orange, orange slices? slices? Yeah. So there's something about citric and, and citric acid that that helps Hilarious. tame that that craving. But yeah. So um so yeah, so it's it's just very simply that. So it's the Goliath thing. So so it challenges that. This the, the pin particles challenges that whole principle of you know of okay well he's big and he's slow and he has all these you know does it work adversely when he's tiny and so yeah it's the same thing because then he becomes tiny and he's 10 times less smaller and taller and you know all that good stuff yeah um and so in the mcu it seems that they also more individualized the two mm-hmm. like i feel like in the comics it's more of like okay when he whatever he wants it to do he just goes, dude. Yes. And then it's like a one purpose thing, but he he somehow is able to dictate, okay, sure, like make it go big, make maybe, it go small. Maybe his hand is sure. Big, like like the suit in the MCO, yeah. 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 And so yeah, it's it's interesting. They they kinda made it a little different, um, but still very much the same. And so uh for the suit itself, 
yeah, it contained a gaseous form that would allow them to uh, shift sizes. Um, and so uh, this is an interesting factoid that I think you're going to... Wow, I'm going to hear... I hear it already. Okay, okay. So the suit, Ant-Man suit itself. So you got to think back. This originated with the likes of Hank Pym. Yeah. So, so take it back a decade or two, depending on, on how you want to look at it. The suit itself was constructed of something that they call unstable molecules in the comics. So that's okay. essentially a malleable material that can stretch and all that good stuff. Yes. Okay. And so it's a synthetic material, fabric, created by, not Hank Pym, but a, a budding young scientist by the name of Dr. Reed Richards. Wow. Yeah. Damn it, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Fantastic. So so well, it makes sense. because he needed something yes. that was malleable and, and fluid like that. And so um Reed created the ideal substance for superhero com- costumes that could endure drastic changes in temperature, environment, size difference, all that good stuff. Yeah. Leave it to Mr. Fantastic. Like, of course. Fantastic, fantastic Who's it going to be in the MCU? I know! We don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Penn Badgley? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, uh, whereas, you know, in the MCU, the Ant-Man suit, it's it's essentially technology created by Hank Pym, or, or so we yes. think. Like, you know, as far back as the, as, you know, the, the, the Endgame Endgame. I always forget which one is which. As far back as the Endgame um, throwback, like we only see the helmet. Correct. So is it possible that there was a a Reed Richards a suit? at that time? Oh, at the time, or, or or was he? Is he responsible for making the suit? Like we don't really know. Look, with this whole multiverse saga <laughs> thing, like anything is possible at right. this point. Exactly. But yeah, you yeah. never know. Uh, that's so wild. They, they've they've left a lot more open, I think, than we realize. So these are all things that could come to fruition at some point, right? Um, and of course, they're not paraphernalia, but the insects. <laughs> so scares in the, the hell out of me sometimes. I love them. I think they're yeah. so cute. Um, but they do look like that up close. Like you see I, serrated teeth I for believe days. it. Yeah. yeah 100%. Anthony, oh Anthony, R.I.P. Yeah, um, so yeah, so in the comics, the helmet itself allows him to communicate with the insects, which is so, also super cool. Yeah, and so it's I guess it's that little I don't know if you would consider that little funnel thing in the front of his like it, this thing, this mug. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is you can see it in the. I mean, okay, it makes version, sense but, for that version of the costume, right? And so it's almost like he can talk into it like a microphone and it shoots out like the dog whistle equivalent of ant ant commands yeah um whereas you know of course in the mcu they use a, a radio they use radio and elect uh electronic electric waves um not only through the helmet but that small apparatus that that hank wears on over his ear and hope has used it they've all used it mm-hmm. um yeah and so they they communicate that way and so we did receive a listener question when it comes to the insects uh from vibranium quentin would you ride an ant i'd be very like skeptical at first <laughs> but i mean yeah that looks super fun they're super cute like, yeah yeah 
I, I think about it. I was like, man, like if I was ever to be like, like have Ant-Man's powers, would I do it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I'd yeah? do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, when they start running across a very small amount of space, I'd start just like, oh my God, I would die. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> then you hear that dun, 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 dun. <laughs> They're just running and it's just a tiny little thing. Yeah. Oh man. That kind of frightens me a bit, but everything else, I think I would. I for would. Sure. 100%. Yeah. If I have to only try it once. Yeah. Down. Only once? <laughs> well, I gotta see how it is. Like, is it scary as hell? Or yeah, can't... exactly. Um, and so, yeah, aside that, Scott is an expert thief, engineer, acrobat, tactician, martial artist, and computer programmer. And then, whereas in the comics, he's an electrical engineer and master thief. So, so yeah, he's just a man that happens to have the suit without the suit. It's just brains, you know? Yeah. Um, so with that, you think you're ready for a pop quiz? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't look at it, Jeff. I'm not, but it's been a while. <laughs> oh, okay, this one. Uh, here we go. In the MCU, the particles are identified as red and blue. Which yes. one is which? Oh. Which one goes big? Which one goes little? Gosh. <laughs> You have a 50-50 shot. I know. But I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to think of all the different moments. Which, of course, are very reminiscent of the, the suit the colors. Suit. Yeah, in the comics, they're very red and very blue. Not quite like the I, Oh, man. I'm trying to remember. The one specific scene <laughs> I'm thinking about is when uh, Ant-Man tells um, Captain America, here, throw this. Yeah. And he was like, oh, man, I thought that was a water truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh no I want to say like I want to say red big but I'm like wait red's like the primary so maybe it's like the the small you're going deep into it I <laughs> have anxiety oh yeah yeah I, I feel that um blue big red small Ooh, correct yes <laughs> Oh! <laughs> Look at Bucky's like, dude, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, you got it. So so that's the easiest way to remember is blue means big. And so blue is big, red means small. Yes, if guys, you got it right, you got it I right. I have been doing horrible on pop quizzes <laughs> for the last at least five months. <laughs> You're so funny. You got it, buddy. You got it. Oh. Uh, so with that, we'll move on to aesthetic. And so uh, if you scroll down, my dear friend, mm -hmm. I made a very terribly Photoshopped chart. I, I took some from uh, an, an awesome video I found on YouTube uh, by a uh, channel and person named Mr. Mashup. Nice. Um, and so it, it not only shares the alternate suits Scott has, but also the different iterations of Ant-Man, as yeah. well as comparisons uh, to what's identifiable um, as his... DC counterpart, the Adam. Oh, that's right. Um, you can view that video in the show notes if you wish. Uh, but yeah, you know, the aesthetic. It, it is certainly one of the most comic accurate suits by far, I think. Um, even right down, again, to the, the end game, gaudy, gigantic metal yeah. helmet. But, um, you know, and I'll post this on social, you can see the comparisons from... Not necessarily, you know, they're not matching the comics to the MCU versions, but you can see all of them. Like, you look at it, you're like, they're all Ant-Man. They look very... Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, in the in the classic glow-up nature, you know, he's come a long way since since his very first suit um, from the Ant-Man film. Yeah. Um, 
Do you have a favorite when it comes to the MCU suits? Oof. Well, I, man, I do like that original suit. Yeah. It was actually, I mean, it's more or less gotten stayed the same, but just a little bit more modern, maybe flexibility. I do love mm-hmm. the, they saw the original comic suits and they're like, we need, these antennas need to go. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. We make it it's more interesting, subtle, right? More, I th- and, and it feels like they got rid of them after Ultron. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's still there subtly, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the, yeah, I do like the, the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp version suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that. Yeah, I think that might be my favorite one. Um, See, now I, I'm also like, <laughs> what else can they do? Right. Like to the suit, you know. To upgrade it. Yeah. yeah. You know, people always say like, mm-hmm. the more movies you have, like your suit has to continuously get upgraded. Sure. So like, okay. Yeah, I mean, but the, the you know the one big thing worth worth mentioning from Quantumania is the the whole Tony Stark esque move where he just has the centerpiece boop and it expands yes. like that's incredible. Like they're just evolving. They're, they're learning. There. They've learned. Yeah, the technology is there. It's it, would you say it's like a nanotech or is it something else? I want to say no. I'm yeah, a nanotech. And I wonder if like yeah like. Like what kind of tech? Like would would you know would Scott and Hank be upgrading on the suit? And yeah, I mean, they don't really touch on it, but you see, like he can be Giant Man longer. Mm-hmm. You know, compared yeah. to Civil War, yeah. like that was like a whoa, hold on, <laughs> like, yeah. like that was like a like yeah. a. I remember that quick another side quick side tangent. I remember seeing that for the first time because that was like a, yeah. a hidden surprise that yeah. no one knew about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he became Giant Man and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, they yeah. did it. <laughs> you know how I found out about that randomly? Before the movie came out? <sighs> yes. Damn, pain. Pain. Funko. Because they were like, <laughs> Giant Man edition bear. Dude, I someone, was like, can someone, you not? Funko be like leaking Dude, like their toys, bro. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Jeff before he got here, I was like, oh, I made the mistake of looking at Spider-Verse toys. <laughs> so now I know what the villains look like. That's crazy. And I, I hadn't I, even seen that. I got as far as one of the villains and then I was like, I shouldn't look at these. And I swiped one more time and it was another Gwen outfit, like a civilian outfit. Uh-oh. And I was like, I'm going to click out. So I clicked out because I want to be surprised. But yeah, that's how I found about Giant Man, Goliath. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, I don't know which one. I don't know. I like a little bit of each of them. Civil War is definitely in my bottom um, of the choices. But I would say maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp um, might be my favorite all around helmet, you know, head to toe. Uh, But yeah, you know, again, one of the most comic accurate suits by far. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like, uh, here on out considering, you know, spoiler, not so spoiler. He's alive. He is. (laughs) And so this is the part of the program where it's giveaway time. Giveaway. (laughs) Can we just play that with like echo? Giveaway. Giveaway. (laughs) And so you've made it this far. If you'd like a chance to win our PIM test kitchen pack. Hit us up on social with the keyword microverse. Microverse. Um, did you know that's also the name of the quantum realm? Um, so so oh, that's what's called in yeah. comics. Yeah, microverse. So we'll take all submissions and pick a winner next Friday. So DM us ASAP with ASAP. the word. ASAP. Microverse. Microverse. All right. Back to it. 
Amen. So, family, friends, and affiliations. Oof. Okay, so I wanted to give honorable mentions here to Bob, uh, Scott's dad, Ruth, nice. his sister, Carl, his brother-in-law. A few mentions, but no real character story building in the comics. Yep. And they sure as heck aren't in the films because I don't recall him talking about anybody. Ever. He never brought up family. Just, never. Just his daughter. It's all That's Cassie. It. All Cassie and all Pim Van Dynes. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, again, you know, that that's that's about it for them. We're just going to move on over to, speaking of Cassie, um, you know, in the comics, she's very much like her MCU counterpart. Uh, she, she, from the get-go, you get the idea that she has aspirations to be like her dad. Mm. Oh, and so she does. Okay. She very much does. And so I have one specific um, panel. This isn't a great um, example of, of why she wants to be her dad, but you can see that she also admires another insect-affiliated wow. superhero. <laughs> Spider-Man, guys. Spider-Man. So yeah, Cassie's wearing a, a Spider-Man shirt. Uh as Scott's thinking of how to save his daughter. Um, and so, uh, you know, as as would happen, she does, of course, we've talked about this in, I believe, in our America Chavez um, character study. Mm-hmm. Cassie does indeed grow up to be like her dad. Um, you know, exposure to the Pym particles uh, altered her biology and... With the suit, um, she gets a suit as well. She go. She used to go by the moniker Stature, and being going big was her her thing. Oh. so that's why in Quantumania, she's big. I like how she just had a suit. She, yeah, <laughs> and I like how they like slipped it into her. I was, I wonder how they're gonna give Cassie a suit, but they yeah. just had to be like, like oh, like she Hank, Hank, Hank made her one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you got her a suit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> they just plotted and planned with her um uh but yeah so 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 cassie is currently known as stinger Mm. um but yes the suit is purple all the good stuff it does everything that the 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 film version seems to do but again we'll we'll talk about her eventually in her own episode um and so uh yeah cassie cassie lang portrayed by abby ryder fortson then emma Furman, and most recently officially by Catherine Newton, Woo. who does a fantastic job as the character. And, oh, she's and, so cute. And honestly, like yeah. all three versions of Cat, they're of, all incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I think we we talked about this when we, I think it was during Comic Con when they announced that. Yeah, Kath, she, Catherine Newton yeah, was replacing. Was I was yeah. like, oh man, like I really liked Emma yeah. Furman, like especially as like civilian Cassie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was. But I felt bad. But then after seeing Quantumania, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Catherine kind of captured it. For sure. <laughs> because I think, you know, also they, they kind of, it's one of those unfortunate instances where, where Emma also probably aged out of the role. Maybe. Because that was, that was 2018. So that was five years ago. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I could see how that, and I, I, do see like you know i believe the statement was that they weren't sure that she could handle the demand the of the role of and the physicality Maybe. of it yeah sure, so sure. so i could see that for sure but but Catherine does bring something that's very like especially given her her dialogue something that's very yes. not immature but youthful 
Right. Yeah, I was And she say, calls back to the baby version so yeah, well. I won't say that her, Catherine Newton's like, like nailed the humor too, like between sure, yeah. everybody mm-hmm. with like Sky, with, with Hope and yeah. Janet. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I was like, yeah, like, yeah. I didn't even realize, I was like, oh, this is a new Cassie Lang. Yeah. But I think Catherine killed it. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed she her performance great. very much. It does feel like, you know, in a weird way, it almost feels like she's always been there. Yes. <laughs> right. Like in a weird way. Like, and, and there was something about, her, her features or just the way that she delivered lines that made me think of Abby, of mm. Abby Ryder. Yes. Um, sure. Yeah. And so I, I think they did very well with that. Oh, you know, and very quickly, I have a panel here that might seem familiar. Speaking of Cassie, the, the jump and tap. The so ju- yes. here's a screenshot yes. of the jump and tap of Scott doing the jump and tap. Um, but yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, very, very cute. Very cool. Um, Cassie is awesome. First seen in Ant-Man, last seen in Quantumania, like father, like daughter. Um, yep. Yeah, and so hopefully we'll see more of her. And of course, I'm pretty sure we will, given Young Avengers is obviously going to happen. So so yeah, we'll talk about Cassie more eventually, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, Dr. Hank Pym, Henry to some. If you're Bill Murray. Henry. <laughs> Henry. <laughs> it's so funny because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if somebody calls you by your full name, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. formality and the, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the casual tendency yeah. that some people Like when take. people say my full name, I'm kind of like, oh Jeffrey. I say Jeffrey all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, you, but you know, do you say Jeff a good amount? I do. Too, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. or G. Or G. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when I hear like, hey, Jeffrey, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to say, same with me. Like, there's only like a handful. What if I started calling you Diana? That dude? would be weird. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I felt I wanted to retract into right. myself no, after exactly. saying that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, I've never, like, every time I talk about you, I'm like, yeah. oh, my podcast, like, my partner, I'm um, like, like die yeah. and they'll be like die and I'll be like well Diana blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that's exactly it I'd because be like, it's like literally five people call me Diana five people yeah you know and it's not even like cheeky it's it's they call me they, Diana that's your yeah name. <laughs> it's because it's my full name and it's just it's weird but for them it's, it's okay it's, it's, so yeah yeah so Dr. Hank Pym, our buddy Hank Pym. <laughs> yes. We're not going to call him Henry. Um, we've very briefly touched on Hank um, back in episode 39, Ultron, uh, exactly 10 episodes ago. So, uh, or more because of mini Marvels. Yeah. Um, and it bears repeating, we'll probably cover Hank somewhere down the line. So we're not going to get too deep into the weeds with, with, with Mr. Pym here, but. We still haven't discussed him, huh? We haven't, which is kind of wild, right? Because we've, we've there's a reason him. why, yeah. listeners. There's a reason why. Yeah, and yeah, that's <laughs> also true. Um, but yeah, you know, the short and sweet version of of this is basically Dr. Henry Hank Pym, PhD, was an American entomologist. That's that's somebody that studies insects. Um, also, a biochemist, roboticist. I didn't even know roboticist was a word. <laughs> no, that's a word. It's a word, roboticist. Whoa. Um, engineer and physicist whose creation endured beyond his human lifespan. Call him an Ultron zombie, if you will. They bonded in many ways. Which is why we have not covered him yet. Yeah, he, exactly. Guys, his history is dense. It's jacked and, up. Yeah. If you think like our Eternals episode was jam-packed. Yeah, it's I, so much. Yeah, no. It's we'll, so we'll much. get there when we get there, but yeah. yes. Exactly. We'll get there eventually. And and of course, you know, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Hank, similarly to the movie, 
gave Scott his Ant-Man suit and the rest is history. Um, and they're clearly very close in the films. Like, I feel like I don't, I would never say that Hank in the books with, with Scott. No, Hank is, again, he's much meaner <laughs> in the comics. Which is another reason why we haven't <laughs> yeah. gone over Hank. <laughs> I know, he's so mean. Um, yeah, he's a lot meaner in the in the books. And so I don't think they have the same relationship whatsoever, but yeah. You know, it's nice to see Michael Douglas bring that to the table. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Janet Van Dyne, the original winsome wasp. Janet uh, is notably stylish in the comics with a longstanding expertise as a fashion designer throughout wow. her personal and professional tenure with Avengers. That's a huge thing. Now, that's interesting. Huge. And so I could see where people that are traditional fans of the wasp. Mm-hmm might be very put off by the portrayals. Janet's role right now. Yeah, yes. the, 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 the versions that they've introduced in the MCU because, not not because like Hope is almost like a an, an original character of sorts, but also that you just don't get any of the past tense when it comes to Janet. There's nothing. Of, I mean, both Hank and Janet. Like, yeah, not much. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like at least with Hank, we do have that moment where he's always been a scientist. Like there's nothing sure, different about sure, that. Sure. But with Janet, she's also youthful in the comics. So she's not aged up or anything. Yeah. She's just in her 30s or 40s, if you will. Yeah. And so, yeah, she used to be a fashion designer, is a fashion designer. Wow. And so she's the reason, she's a, a catalyst, really. And she, again, we mentioned this in the, I think, Iron Man episode or something, where she's a founding member of the Avengers. She's she's one of the people who brought them together. Wow. And so that's also why they're so stylish, because Janet created oh, all the so costumes. Oh, that's so funny, because Tony yeah. Stark has that. Exactly. That um, the title. title now. Yeah. Or did, yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah, and so so Janet has kind of been overlooked when it comes to the MCU. Sure. Um, especially if you know her comic book history. But, yes. uh, you know, it's maybe they'll adapt it but to She's also else, the only but... person that's lived in the quantum realm. Exactly. Of, so she has that. Yeah, and I'm curious, you know, like, now that we mentioned, like, oh, what if there's a possibility that somewhere down the line we see a retro version or even what if, you know, like, what if they show, like, an yeah. alternate universe where it's the comic book version? Yeah, because the actors that play Hank Pym and, Jan- and, <laughs> and Janet, mm-hmm. they're heavy, heavy-hitting actors, man. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know how hard it is to, to, exactly. to get those two p- people in a movie? Exactly. So the fact that they love still playing, you know, those characters is great. Yeah. And yeah. I hope... I, I do actually now I want one more Ant-Man movie yeah but I don't want it to like I don't want it to like exhaust its yeah. course yeah you know? I would which like is, which is kind of where I feel Thor is a little bit but a little bit just a little bit yeah like, and there's still one more to go I with know. Thor I don't know I don't know <laughs> so yeah uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah for, for Janet you know just like Hank there's room to discuss so much about her so we, we won't go too deep there but um, I will say, however, she's biologically altered by the pim particles in the books. So she can shrink down without the suit's capabilities. She can do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing she uses the suit for really is for the flight, for the stingers and all that yeah. stuff. So that that's another example of how the the chemical property as it stands in the in the original source material is so different from the film. Like they need all that stuff in the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, portrayed by Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, 
uh, respectively, which it still trips me out that they have Catwoman <laughs> in the MCU. Oh. Michelle Pfeiffer. I know, is Catwoman. Yes. OG yes. Catwoman. OG Catwoman, which is incredible. And she's still beautiful. Still beautiful. Amazing. Yeah, she's she's incredible. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, I thought they were going to die. I think a lot of people are anticipating. <laughs> I really thought that it was one of those instances where, yes, they're seasoned celebrities, right? seasoned actors that have a, a, a long lineage of really great um, work behind them. Yeah. Why do they need this film? Why would they need any more films, right? Yeah. And so I thought for sure, like there was going to be some big old sunset at the end of the film where they just like, all right, well, we're done. And then they both die. <laughs> I don't know Either how. At least one, or at least one of them. Or at least yeah. one of them. And neither died. Yeah. Neither. So that's kind of crazy. Unless they're one more. One, they got one more in Maybe them. one more hurrah. One more Oof. secret wars. Oh, goodness Ooh. gracious. Ooh. Kang Dynasty. Or Kang. Ooh. Okay, Kang Dynasty Ooh. can Ooh. be pretty up there since they're the only people yeah. that, you know, actually know who Kang know is. Know him, yeah. Well, and Loki, but... That's, but Loki still, I feel, I still think Loki is in a, in a purgatory because yeah, stuck in that multiverse of sure whatever TVA stuff. TVA so, stuff. Oof, yeah. the TVA. Ah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. got, never got, never got into six one six type yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, what more can be said about the two? Um. Aside that, I thought it was adorable that without batting an eyelash, Cassie even regards Hank as grandpa. Yeah. In Quantumania. Yeah. So cute. Grandpa. She was like, yeah, family. I was like, oh my God. So, but they're not married, right? Like Scott and Hope aren't married. But I think it's freaking adorable. Yeah. We love that family. Love that. Love that fam. Um, And so speaking of fam, love interest for Scott Lang. um, This is a pretty short list, all things considered. Uh, it, It doesn't seem to be something they really expand on again. Scott Lang seems to be very much a, a father-oriented character. Yes. Um, so only father-daughter stuff, that's that's pretty much him. But he has had his fair share. Um, the first, which uh, is, is pretty familiar, though she may not be by name, Peggy Ray. Um, and so this is actually Maggie Lang in in the, the Judy Greer's character. Oh. So in the comics, yeah, in the comics, her... Her name was changed for obvious reasons <laughs> because they didn't want her to be confused with Peggy Carter. So they were Makes like, sense. Peggy Carter is such a force. Having another character named Peggy, Peggy just not gonna work. It didn't work, so they changed her name. Um, but you know, in the in the book, sh- she also married a man. Uh, this one was named Blake Burdick. Uh, both of which have notable resentment for superheroes. So. Every time you even see Peggy in the comics, there's she's scowling about something about uh-huh. superheroes. Like they don't like superheroes. They don't want them anywhere near Cassie. They don't want anything to do with it. And so Scott is the unfortunate perfect storm <laughs> for him for them. Wow. Like like the very much the first movie. Yeah. So the first movie, you know, like uh, Maggie is is very nice about sharing their daughter, yeah. but. She's also like, don't do this and don't do that and don't put my daughter in danger type yeah. of deal. Same thing. It's the same thing. She's just a lot meaner about it in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, yes, Maggie Lang hyphen Paxton, um, portrayed by Judy Greer in Ant-Man and, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, not much more to say 
uh, other than she is very much like the comic version, just nicer. Um, and in the MCU, Jim Paxton is Maggie's police fiance based on Blake Burdick. I forgot to look up his name. I think I did and I didn't write it down, but nice. that, that wonderful actor. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> the middle woman here, Jessica Jones in the comics. That's hilarious. God. <laughs> That's hilarious. That would be my hilarious to see in, in live action. I would love that. <laughs> it weirdly, like, it's, it's weirdly appealing to me. Mm. I think it's appealing because in the comic, like, she, she's, again, Jess is very much the same. She's almost like scowls at happiness in a weird way. Yes, and I he is that. he is funny. Yes, and so she hates that he's like attractive, <laughs> and he, he just keeps pushing because he's funny and he's a kind of nice guy. But they're yeah. off. They're both kind of offbeat. Uh huh. They're not great people, but they try. Yes. Um. So yeah. So you know, revisit our Jessica Jones episode, if you will. I believe that's episode eight way back in the day, which is kind of wild. Um, short version, Carol Danvers set them up on a date. That's they dated so for... <laughs> funny. Yeah. They dated for nearly a year. Uh, unfortunately, Jess was still tangled up in the Luke Cage. Uh, so she got pregnant, Gosh. told Scott, and Scott was like, bye, and left. Valid. Valid. Um, Valid. And, and Jess, of course, goes on to marry Luke, um, and they have a child together. Uh, but of course, you know, as the multiverse persists, uh, in House of M, uh, oh. Jess, Jess and Scott actually were together. They had their happy ending after all. So, you know, that's nice. Um, of course, Jessica Jones in the MCU or sort of, uh, portrayed by Kristen Ritter, first and last scene in the Jessica Jones series, still waiting for her MCU debut. I think it's coming. It has to be coming. Did Come you see on. What, they post, what, what she posted? Like she's posting like Instagram stories with him and uh, Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Well, they're like besties in real life. But, but I mean, you I don't think, just post. I know, right? You don't just post that. I know. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. I love it. And she's probably like, she posts those and like Marvel sees like the, the fan reaction. And that's exactly probably pushes right. Marvel to be like, well, maybe we should bring these two back. A hundred percent. And their characters date. In the comics too, so exactly. it's like, well, well, and she even said, she said, like, if she had any any storyline from Jessica Jones that she, if she was able to do it in a theatrical or MCU version, it would be Jess and Luke Cage with the baby. Wow! And I was like, golf clap to you because yeah, actually, I with Matt Murdock as their lawyer, <laughs> with Matt as their lawyer, so it's all the defenders except for Iron Fist, who totally fine will probably be recast at some point. <laughs> Yeah. If at all. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, well, you know who isn't Iron Fist is Hope Van Dyne. And so, you know, we've mentioned this time and time again throughout the course of this show that there is technically no direct comic book counterpart for Hope, especially in the 616. It just, she just doesn't exist. But she is, however, loosely based on a character by the name of Hope Pym. Whoa. Uh, who originates from Earth 982 and goes by the moniker Red Queen. Hmm. So I was like, okay, this is going to come up and I don't want to save it for a Hope Van Dyne episode because that is going to be a jumbled like yeah. cluster of yeah. Hope and Janet and God knows what. Yes. But so more science stuff I wanted to tackle. What is the term Red Queen uh, when it comes to science-based theories and such? So as said upon the internets, 
The Red Queen Hypothesis is a hypothesis in evolutionary biology proposed in 1973 that species must constantly adapt, evolve, and proliferate in order to survive while pitted against ever-evolving opposing species. Good Lord. There's a lot of science in this episode. Yeah, it's Ammon. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So 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 that's an, an interesting an interesting moniker. Um but you know with with that with that sort of understanding. Yeah. <laughs> it fits that version of the character very well. Um and I'll I'll mention in a minute. But for example, to to further explain the red the red uh queen, um an example is plants that evolve to make toxins to combat predatory insects. Hmm. So, okay, so a plant is getting attacked by insects and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to evolve and create something that the insects, that will kill the insects. Gosh. It's like that. So that's the red queen, the red queen that stands for that. And so Hope Pym uh, on Earth 982, she formed the Revengers. (laughs) If wow. you got that reference, wow. that is a Loki reference. Loki yes. or Hulk? It was um no, it was it was uh, it was Loki. Oh wait, Loki, might, Hulk, or was it even? It might be well, Valkyrie. I think it, was, I think it was first in Ragnarok. Yeah. And then, but who and made then, it? And then and then Tony Stark said it in oh in Endgame. Yeah, the um, Avengers with a oh. It was Hulk. Oh, it's I think it's um it was, it was no, it was Thor. It was Thor. Oh, it was Thor. Okay. Yeah, cuz cuz Valkyrie was like you guys you, got, you guys go to nine and then like, oh, of course we got we are the the um, the revengers. There we go. The yeah. Revengers. Yeah, so so revengers is actually a thing in the in the comics That's and hilarious. so yeah, Hope Pym of all people. Um she formed the Revengers on her earth and tried to assassinate Cassandra Lang. And a lot of Damn, she did Cassie just be <laughs> Just dealing with stuff. She's got Leave the kids yeah. alone. <laughs> yeah, so she she's hope Pim is a terrible person. And she looks evil. She's like got a red and black suit. The eyes are very sharp on the helmet. Uh yeah, she she wanted to kill and she killed a lot of people and she did a lot of bad things. So, you know, that's why I stand by the, the truth that there's no hope van dyne in in six one six. Yeah. And so, speaking of, portrayed by Evangeline Lilly, first and last, first seen in Ant-Man and the Wasp, last seen in Quantumania. So, yeah, I mean, they've come a long way. They've come an extremely long way because, you know, they two hated each other in the first film. Um, if I were to compare any, like, Jessica Jones and Scott Lang in the comics, it would be that first film where she was just like, get out of my face. Like, no, you're an idiot, you know? But they they just built on that tension, which works for many MCU couples, I guess you could say. My favorite um, Scott and Hope moment, Mm -hmm. I look it up on YouTube more often than not. Which one? It's at the end of the first Ant-Man where they get caught kissing by Hank. It's so good. And Hank's like, so how long has this been happening? Yeah. And then Hope's like, nothing's happening. And then Scott's like, there's something happening. So he's, like, he's like he's like hank i don't know what you're doing here but she started kissing me yes. like, I can, this is crazy you guys think i gotta and then he go walked away. and then and he's like and hank's like scott and he's like yep you're full of shit. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good genuinely so good Love it. so 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 good um yeah no i i think it's great i i do i mean 
I guess we don't really need an explanation because Luis gave us one. But yeah, the the breakup sometime after Captain America Civil War occurred. Yeah, because he left to go to Germany. Because he left to Germany. (laughs) Um, Which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, I think they did just enough that it was just like, yeah, that happened. They broke up. Yeah. And then this is where we're going to put them at the beginning of of, of, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I had to go fight with Cap. Cap? Cap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, Cap. In America. Yes. <laughs> That's so good. See? Oh, their dialogue was so, so great. Great. Love it. Yeah. Um, and then she ended up being snapped. Uh, yes. With, All of them with did, her parents. except him. Except for him. Yeah. Crazy. Well, no, Cass- well, Cassie, Cassie was not. Not yeah. Cassie, but. Um, yeah, that, that was great. I remember the heartbreak of that, too. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I think I said it in the theater. I was like, oh, no, now he's stuck in the quantum realm. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I think I've, I audibly said out loud. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, she returns. And, and that's also very cute when the the look of hope that his face lights up when yeah. she re- reappears is adorable Love in Endgame. Um, yeah, I mean, what? How do, you, how do you feel about the dynamic as it is in Quantum Mania? The dynamic between... Um, hope, hope and Scott. Um, I mean, I love... Like, yeah, they went from the, the, the tension got together and the breakup and then now in in quantum media it's like established like yeah. yes like there's no question like wasp and man mm-hmm. hope yeah. scott we are together mm-hmm. and i think that's punctuated at the end when hope comes back yeah um to yeah. into the quantum round to to help scott to help him yeah so i love it you um, came back and <laughs> so you came cute. back and <laughs> You know, and then I think this movie also suffers from not in the. In this, I mean, you can call it a good or bad, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, characters in the in this in this movie. Yeah. And so, like, I wish we saw a little bit more of you know the 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 dynamic between Hope and Scott. I guess as a couple now, mm. since they're like you know they're about each other, but. Um, you know, it is what it is. Like there is a lot. I mean, like I said, it was a two hour, so it was a hundred and twenty five minute movie. So mm-hmm. you have to tell what you can tell to to further the story, the main story at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I like where the relationship is na- at now, and yeah. I wonder how much they explore later. Yeah, in the MCU. Yeah, I agree. So this is officially where we begin to like get into like knee deep into spoiler land if not higher than <laughs> because yes. we're going to talk about notable adversaries my favorite um <laughs> yes. favorite yeah so darren cross aka yellow jacket aka of, aka which we'll talk about in a second yes so so darren cross he uh in the comics was a self-made millionaire and CEO of Cross Technology Enterprises. Mm-hmm. Um, he used his own tech to create something called a nucleoganic pacemaker. So they just be putting random words together. Yeah, <laughs> did I say nuclear 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 nucleoorganic pacemaker? Yeah. Yes. So this thing, you know, he had like Cassie. He had a heart, oh, heart issue. Yes. Okay. And so he created this thing to help uh, regulate his his heart, and it ended up giving him superhuman abilities. And so when I mentioned that Scott kind of interrupted somebody else 
from uh you know to 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 fetch dr sondheim yes sondheim uh-huh um it was darren cross darren cross was the man who had actually kidnapped the doctor for his own diabolical means and he wanted her to help him and here is i believe the last the last page of of scott's first appearance as ant-man when uh, uh, Darren reveals himself um, in the midst of oh my the seizure, yeah. Oh my so, gosh! So it had very adverse effects on him in the comics, and so uh, <laughs> Darren would also be very interesting to cover as a result. Oh uh, yeah, um, also very valid. Right, right. And so, what, but lastly, what binds him to Scott is yeah, he kidnapped the same doctor, and so he almost immediately becomes like his his first true adversary and then uh follows him throughout the books a bit and so um much like the film yellow jacket lost the battle against ant-man i was gonna say batman (laughs) 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 oh my gosh um yeah so you know they they go they go toe-to-toe but but he couldn't take them same thing not the same scenario but ant-man comes out on top yeah um Darren Cross, of course, in the MCU, uh, portrayed by Corey Stoll, uh, made his first first appearance in Ant Man and last seen in Quantumania. Why you ask? Because we come to learn that Darren's fate as um, after the events of the first film when he's blipped, right? Like he's like essentially blipped out of yeah, like he got of, he got sent to the quantum yeah. realm basically. Yeah, and then he becomes Modok. Actually, which I think is a pretty smart segue to turn him into it. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I gotta say, like, I genuinely didn't see that coming. Because I just thought, okay, well, that's an easy way to get rid of him. It's just, he doesn't exist. Yes. Or he's so tiny, you don't see him anywhere. Yes. But to put him in the quantum realm and then to beef it up to the point where... Everything, they, uh, his body shrunk, yeah, but his head stayed big. Because they did essentially kind of keep him that way yes. in the first film. It's not, I, yes. I, I have to wonder, like, did they plan that far back? Or is it a pure coincidence that he happened to be a Jeff you know, Loveness, a if you are listening <laughs> to this podcast yeah. for whatever reason, <laughs> and you want to talk about the writing of Ant-Man yeah. Quantumania, right. let us know. We will reach out to you. <laughs> And get you on the show. Exactly. This is me yeah. shooting my show. <laughs> <laughs> Just add him on Instagram. You might get an answer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Modok, Modok is is another big Marvel lore uh, villain. And he looks exactly like, well, not exactly, but he looks very much like was, that in the comic. Was the look of Modok jarring to you at all? A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I think that's really what turned him off the first time, right? Because I was like, oh my God. Because you know it's a, just a blown up face of Corey, right. of Corey. Corey Stahl. Corey Stahl. Yeah. And so, but I, I I think I said this. Did I say this to you? I might have said it. I said this to somebody after seeing it the second time. Yes. Is that I think it was truly, what I didn't love about it the first time around was that I guess, yeah, it was jarring. It was a giant Corey Stahl face on this mass. <laughs> but the second time around, I felt it was more of the lighting effects. So it was more of the quality of the CGI, not so much that the fact that they CGI'd his face on a giant head. Yeah. It was the quality of it. And then, of course, which is now followed up by the fact that the the, 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 the visual VFX, team. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was like, That's yeah, tough. all their money went to Wakanda forever. It's tough. 
So that's unfortunate because I can imagine that it could have looked so much better. Maybe, possibly. More convincing at least, I yeah. think. But it's also very hard to... Oh, yeah. That's a tough I mean, one. Yeah. Yeah. Without actually making Literally a Literally just taking an actor and then blowing up their head. Their and head, make, you yeah. know, but, but look, for yeah. what it's worth... Yeah. It is what it is. It's a good effort. Um, but yeah, you know, we can obviously examine MODOK uh, in another episode easily, easily, especially with Patton Oswalt uh, portraying him in that um, the series, that the Hulu series uh, that came out about a year or so ago. Um, and of course, you know, in the comics, the original MODOK, uh, his name was George Talton, at least the first one. Uh, he underwent a mutagenic medical experiment to enhance his intelligence and, of course, his brain grew. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that in the comics, there's no direct correlation when it comes to Ant-Man versus MODOK. Um, oh, really? It's one of those... Wow. Uh, yeah, it's one of those happens to intercept and be in the area, but there's no, like, MODOK is coming after Ant-Man for a very specific reason. Got it. Um we did receive a listener question, once again, from our dear friend Stephen Ray Morris. What did you think of MODOK? I love the twist and the deeper connections to the original Ant-Man. Yeah, I agree with that, too, because if you just yeah. throw in, like, if, like, let's say, like, MODOK just gets introduced as, yeah, Kang just had, a had like, a, a mechanized yeah. organism designed only for killing. <laughs> Look at you! You should have made that a freaking quiz question. It was! Oh! <laughs> That pop quiz immediately after this question. I was going to ask you, what does MODOK stand for? Okay, well, I guess we can. Like, guys, just, you guys have no idea. Look at that. I'm two on for a two. Roll. <laughs> Woo! Two for two. Two for two. Uh, um, oh, man. Because, like, if, if, if it were just, if, if they were, if the movie were, were just introduced that, like, oh, Kang would be like, yep, I was stuck here, so I designed this. Da, 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 da. Right. But because there's this added layer of connection right. to the Van Dyne and Pym family. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, well, now he's just oh, he's yeah? trying to kill them. And like, also yeah. Cassie. Like, yeah. Because like, Cassie's a, when the you bee guy. Me. It's the bee yeah. guy. Like, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, remember when you sent me to the world? Yeah. Now I'm going to kill. So it's like, yeah, it adds that layer of like, of stakes. Yeah. Which is. Absolutely. Writing movie yeah. 101 is yeah. stakes. Yeah. So. And it, yes. and it played to Cassie's PTSD. Clearly. Yes. Because you're just, Again, like it's the way the she guy. said, it's the pee guy from yeah. my bedroom. It's like, yeah. oh. Um, yeah, and I think they, they played marvelously to that. I think that, like, even if I didn't love how he looked at first, just the concept of pulling that all together, I thought was genius. I like that he has the 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 mask, like yeah. that metal like, yeah. kind of, you know. Exactly. That, so it's like, like, look, we know you can't stare at his face yeah exactly the whole time so we're gonna give him a fully mechanized <laughs> yeah like which is makes him more helmet yeah yeah it just makes him more um what's the word uh intimidating yeah so, i agree yeah. yeah and that's that's like a historical thing right yeah. like that's that's what masks were for they yes. were they were meant to intimidate and so i think they did a great job with that i really do like that and but i will say i would i am curious to see a Modoc that isn't related to any uh, anything, just like a straight up a someone, man someone who designed tried to, something yeah. and was like, yeah, who Screw tried it, to be, let's do it, <laughs> yeah, exactly, who tried to be the, the most intelligent person or being in the on the, yeah. in the universe, yeah, because like I know I know Modoc is supposed to in the comics is like one of the smartest beings, right? Yeah, yeah. So then now in the movie, at least you're having him next to Kang, yeah. who is also exactly. one of the most. 
one of the smartest beings yeah. Yeah. you know so it's like counterintuitive right because you know the way that they kind of portrayed him with with darren is that he he had to have purpose so he he didn't care if he was intelligent at all he was more of like i just want to be able to kill yes and be something to somebody yes um which of course becomes his his more or less his plot point in the film but um yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to see. And of course, not to undercut the version in the Marvel's Avengers game. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's in the game as well. And that seems more like a, a true to like source material. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least the, the, the version of him where, you know, he just keeps mutating in a way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great portrayal. Uh, I thought they did a great job. And so since you got the pop quiz, we can just skip over that, I guess. <laughs> two for yes, two. I finally remember. My man. Um, uh, ghost. So people people don't talk about Ghost very much. But uh, but in the comics, Ghost, uh, no real name, uh, perhaps the most significantly different character in the entire franchise. Not just in his adversaries, uh. but the entire franchise, truly. Um and so, uh, real quick, because again, we could do an episode on Ghost if we wanted. Yep. Um, in the comics, Which we probably will. When yeah, exactly. Ghost was an unnamed data engineer for a major computer corporation and created something called Ghost Tech. Ghost Tech, mm -hmm. a suit designed with stealth and cloaking abilities. Which should sound familiar because they did adapt that to the MCU at least. Yes. But Ghost in the books is also male. Uh, um and so the but there was no identity affiliated you know or at least linked to the to that person um and had no direct co correlation with ant-man wow again yeah nothing um whereas uh the mcu counterpart eva star aka ghost portrayed by hannah john kamen or Cayman, depending on what inflection you prefer um first and last seen in ant-man and the wasp so so a quick backtrack on Ava yeah she suffered a quantum accident yes um and it was funny because when I was doing this I was like oh yeah you know I've watched I think I watched Ant-Man and Wasp maybe three or four times maybe um but yeah writing these notes and I was like oh yeah they do a full-fledged backstory on her um they did so, yeah, yeah so she she is a great example of of the biological alteration so you know, pin particles in the books, but for for ghost in the films, it's the quantum. They also accident. left that story a little untouched. Oh, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, so I wonder if they ever yeah go back to it because also yeah, Ghost's mentor in the movie yeah. is Lawrence Fishburne, who yep. is Goliath. Yep. So it's like okay, exactly. well, that's like a un like untouched thread. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the, well, also at the end of the movie with the post credit scene. Mm -hmm. The reason why Scott went into the quantum realm mm -hmm. was to grab stuff for their ghost friend because yep. that's what Janet said. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I guess I mean maybe hopefully they pick up on it. Yeah. Um, on the th on that thread. But yeah. Technically, that is going to be like an ally. Yeah. And maybe they'll explain it in Thunderbolts. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so while she could render intangible and generate power, she needed quantum energy, just like. Jeff said, and and uh, the the biochemist 
aka Goliath, uh, was, uh, portrayed by Lawrence Fishburne, was Bill Foster. Um, so yeah, we lost we lost all them together. So wherever Ghost is, it, she's probably with Bill and and vice versa. Um, and yeah, her confirmed next appearance is very much Thunderbolts, along with Yelena Belova and Bucky Barnes and and the crew, but. There have been talks that uh, she might not be in it, yeah, or I mean, yeah, she I mean, might not I mean, be in it as that much. Thing, the thing that we saw—it's—it's technically just—it's just concept, concept art. art. Yeah. So, but, so curious. Maybe she'll just have a quick cameo, and then maybe there is an Ant Man four or somewhere else that she's able to yeah. expand in some way. But that'll be an interesting, an interesting revival uh, or return. <sighs> Speaking of returns, someone mm. who knows time. Kang the Conqueror. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Definitely not getting in t- too deep into this character. Yes. So far too rich of a, of a backstory to even get into right now. But the description of him in the film is fairly accurate. He's a scientist, a time-traveling entity from the 31st century. Um, and just know, he has great stake in the importance of the Fantastic Four in the grander universe. Being a descendant, and we've mentioned this before, being a descendant of Nathaniel Richards, Reed Richards' father, thus his true namesake. So he's named, he's essentially named after Reed Richards' dad. Crazy. Yeah, so there's a lineage there. There's a huge backstory. So it's kind of like, I mean, right, you notice know, like going? with the post credit scene and stuff, yeah. right? The the time platform that mm-hmm. they all came in was... Exactly. The exact same yep. time platform that Reed Richards came in in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And then if you stick directly to the comic book reference, <laughs> the time platform was created yeah. by Dr. Dew. Yeah. That, right? Am I, is that correct? I believe so. Yes, that's what yeah. I saw. Or yeah. read. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're out there. Ah! Like, they're out there. They're out there! Wasn't the guy named victor the in the mcu victor timely is that his victor timely i don't From remember the, that's the one the 31st century that's like the yeah like at the end of for the second post credit scene like oh. we said this is a yeah 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 spoiler yes, that is very true victor, yes, timely, victor timely was the one that mm-hmm. created that discovered yes. universes stocked on top of universes yeah 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 i can't wait it's for all, secret wars it's man. all coming together and loki season two <laughs> holy and so, of course, Kang the Conqueror, portrayed by Jonathan Majors, first seen in the Loki series. Range! <laughs> Last seen in Quantum Media. This man has range! <laughs> Bucky's staring at you like, are you okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, truly. I mean, and I said this from the get. I was like, dude, he scares me. His portrayal scares me because he's so formidable. And, and was straight up from Loki, like, even in his little sandals, eating an apple. I was like, oh, my Lord, there is something to this man. If you think I'm evil, wait till you meet my other variants. I know. I was like, ah! ah! <laughs> and, of course, we do. In Quantumania, we meet, we meet the Conqueror. He is scary. As well as various other variants. An arena full of That variants. blew my mind because yeah. I was like... Oh, like they're going here. They're going like, they're there. They're going yeah. here. And each one is different from the other. Each one. Incredibly. Yeah. Like very distinct. I was like, damn, they just put Jonathan Majors yeah. in front of a like a screen and then he was he was like and they were like, 
So we're going to need you to play at least 30 different ones right now. I bet that was part of the appeal, too. Like for him. Yeah. That he can. They're like, all right, all right, right, right. I mean, you, John, have John, you seen listen. the interview of him recently <laughs> where he, he doesn't rewatch any of his, he doesn't oh, watch he does any it. of his movies. Not surprised. Yeah. Because I, like, well. I was like, I'm right with you because I'm the same way, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Like, and he just kills He's it. incredible. His imagination is. Yeah. Like, I wonder, like, I'm sure he's read some of the comic books of of Kang oh, and like yeah. the different variants so I I'm wonder sure. like what he took from like those readings I know right and and yeah I mean such a such a canvas and a platform to bring whatever he wants and whatever this way is, he wants you know yeah. to each and every single one of those portrayals playing Kang yeah I think you just have and he brought this up too just in general about creative freedom like you get to creatively play the like the same character but in just on an infinite amounts of forms mm-hmm. which is like like when i saw the first those first three i was like oh these are three distinctly different characters Mama, da, da. and i was like okay cool yeah and then you go to the wide shot of all of them in the stadium and i'm like oh he's he did way more yeah <laughs> he did way more oh, this is so scary. wild yeah he's getting paid <laughs> the man is getting yeah. paid <laughs> Yeah. So, and so this is, this is, I guess the next question, right? So, so the Loki, the, so the, the Kang from Loki said, oh, you know, like the night, the scary one is coming, right? Yes. Do we think he meant conquer or somebody else? I think he definitely, there was conquer in there because obviously he's the one that's got exiled sure he's the only one that got exiled yeah so which obviously says, yeah that's why but then i've been reading this on twitter and like people who are com- from know the comics mm-hmm. there is this one called the beyonder mm-hmm. that's a variant mm-hmm. so maybe that is also mm-hmm. you know but i'm excited to just see i'm excited to just see jonathan majors act his butt off he act his butt off yeah for sure yeah i mean if anybody's gonna do it i feel like he is the most capable of a person to get the job done so see now my next thing is like when i mean obviously he's gonna come in loki but like where is like his like you know he's obviously gonna be this this thanos mm-hmm. you know but yeah. but now this like this person is across all universes yeah you know and yeah. dangerous across like i want to meet the nice versions now <laughs> but i don't think there are nice versions no i think they're all well nathaniel richards for iron lad iron lad iron lad prob- that's right he, he wanted to he'll be, be, a, be yes. yeah he'll probably be the kindest <laughs> version i'm very curious now i'm just yeah ah. but i bet there's some goofy ones you know what i oh, mean oh for sure i mean i saw that even <laughs> in that, in that wide scene goofy. i was like oh, yeah. this would be hilarious but i gotta say and I, i've said this to everybody that's seen the film and asked me about it you know like oh how cool is that there was that guy that was sitting next to you oh he, at our screening he's and a i huge, huge i love that for him he was yeah. so excited i really loved it um yeah, and so it's it's kind of great because you know a lot of people are are finally getting this fulfillment from not only of a, a great character but a great actor. 
yes. who's going to bring rightfully so his A++ game. He already is, to be honest. I mean, when I and saw, I don't even yeah. think it's his A++ game. I think this is Jonathan Majors that, like, he's he's given a B plus if he like feels he, like he, it. He, he, right now, like, on a King level, he's, I think he's only doing, he's at, yeah. he's at 30, 40% like, right now. Like, we haven't seen, no, not even the slightest I think, yeah, I think him. King Dynasty is mm. going to be, like, insane. <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah, well we have a lot more room to discuss uh King and and his Woo. broader origin story eventually in time. Uh Steven had one more question. Oh wow. <laughs> he, he really loved the movie. He just yeah, I'm surprised you didn't see the, the the notifications, but yeah, he uh he writes or asks, is the ending a simulation made by King? I wonder what that's a great I was thinking that I was like, what like hideout is that or like what gathering area of that yeah. is, is that like just a, a kang thing like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah is it right? like a kang area where they yeah. see they see the thread the multiverse threads mm-hmm. and that's where they all just kind of all hang out yeah um well, well then it it kind of leads back to the statues in loki right yeah like we even talked about this i think in in their loki episode like it doesn't necessarily just because there's three statues doesn't mean that they're the same person even though they look identical and yeah. also like they're three of how many like they could be yeah i mean i don't even like is, know where to start is where those kang <laughs> is where those kangs met up is that like a universe within the universe right exactly exactly oh, i don't know where, where, where um, see, now i'm just like curious now i, I hate this <laughs> because now i'm like when is it coming like when is the next one but i'm like okay like, they, they, did they got job. something they did Kevin, their job kevin's man. cooking something up Kevin! 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 <laughs> so, taking it back down to Scott Langville. Um, other versions in other media. So, so speaking of variants, for instance, there, yes. there this is this is a topic more or less that, that's kind of fallen by the wayside when it comes to our, our latest character studies. But I wanted to pull it back um, and take it to Earth 12240. Mm-hmm. Where uh, there is a giant-sized ant venom. Whoa. He's exactly what you think he is. He's a giant ant man, but he's venomized. Like all black and like mm-hmm. goo and stuff? Yep. yep. It's gross. It's gross. It's like venom in an ant man suit. And he eats everything. Um, and he eventually is killed by his own teammates. <laughs> and then there's the ant man or Scott Lang of Earth 9907. So... This is a world I believe we talked about in America Chavez, perhaps, if not Hawkeye. Mm. On Earth 9907, Red Skull won World War II. And Victor Uh, Von Doom rules the nation. And so that Scott Lang is not only known as the Pincher. Whoa. He also killed Cassie. When she wouldn't be part of the alliance in name of Victor Von Doom. Oh my God. So super dark, super unfortunate. <laughs> so that's a variant, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are two particularly interesting versions of Scott Lang in other media. But uh, in other, other media, there's also um, the video games. And so we were introduced to Hank Pym's Ant-Man in the ever-cursed Marvel's Avengers game. Um, But Scott Lang himself uh, has actually made his fair share of animation appearances as well as games 
10 appearances with two directly affiliated with his MCU counterpart um, in video games alone. So among his voice actors are Grant George and Josh Keaton, who we're familiar with a bit. He's he's got a wide range of variety of voice work. And he was... uh, He's been in and out of the Marvel Universe. He was um, Green Goblin. Green Goblin. <laughs> you know it's late when I'm keeping he was, that in. Sorry. Yeah, I know it's fine. <laughs> he was Green Goblin and Spider Man, but in two different projects. So Josh Keaton has had. He's got pretty good range. Um, and then of course, in addition to Grant and Josh, um, Crispin Freeman and Sean uh, Giambrone have also voiced Scott in animated uh, works of art. So that's pretty cool. Nice. And then, of course, lest we forget, there's the Scott Lang in Disneyland Hong Kong. There's a ride, isn't there? And there's a ride called Ant-Man and the Wasp Nano Battle. Love that. It opened in 2019. Oh, cursed timing. Um, Paul, Evangeline, and even Toby oh, Jones. Oh, right. Yeah. They acted in it. Yeah. They, Toby Jones as Arnim Zola is even in it. And wow. they reprise their respective roles, of course, as well as an introduction to Jessica Sean. Uh, uh, I should have looked this up. Jessica Sean. Sean? Sean, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as S.H.I.E.L.D. scientist Leslie Lamb. So they've in- integrated the existing universe, introduced another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent um, who is a famous actress in Hong Kong. Um and so the the ride itself, I've not been on it. I've not been to Hong Kong in like at least twenty years, if I've not more. I've never even been. Yeah, I think same. maybe thirty years. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, the ride itself on Wikipedia is described as when a routine trip to the Shield Science and Technology Pavilion at Stark Expo takes an unexpected turn. Guests join forces with Ant Man and the Wasp in Shield's state of the art vehicle to fight against Arnim Zola and his army of Hydra. Swarm bots in a her- heroic battle. Love that. That's pretty cool. Because like cannon? Arnim. <laughs> I know, right? I think they already made up another another Earth for the rides, which is kind of funny. Nice. Um, but yeah, Arnim Zola. That's crazy. Like, t- the clash of different worlds, I know, that's right? Just so so like, cool. Yeah. And so, uh, so that with that said, I mean, do we need to discuss more of the future of the character in the MCU? Like, where does he go from here? Where do you think we'll, we'll he, see that, him next? Well that, well, that group is the only. Well, actually, okay, that's wrong. But they're like, they have the most experience of, of the of quantum, yeah, quantum realm, yeah. and all that. So I think they're the only ones that can really navigate it. I mean, yeah, Endgame, they use a quantum realm to to go through different time mm-hmm. zones, but still, like, yeah, the Ant Man family, yeah, they're like the keepers of the quantum realm, mm-hmm. like so, and because. And because this phase is like the quantum phase, yeah. you know, like multiverse saga, I think they play a huge role. So I don't know. We'll just, just like, <laughs> let them cook. Let, let them cook. Let them cook until <laughs> 2025 when oh my God. Secret Wars comes out. 2025. And that's less than two years away, y'all. Just less weird. than two years away. Right, it's 2025, right? Or yeah. 2026. I think 25 or 26 yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Oh, no, it's still not that far. Which is wild to think about um and so of course in our one of our favorite <laughs> aftermath discussions almost was have you looked at this list at all are you familiar with anybody that was on that list 
or that no, was that was in I'm the running. Actually. You just knew Paul Rudd from the get go. Yes, because I remember when that was announced, and I was just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, some seasoned veterans here. So while others considered for the role included Adrian Brody, interesting. Ewan McGregor, Simon Pegg. That's interesting. I um, know why that's a an option though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, Variety reported in 2013 that the shortlist had been narrowed down to just Paul Rudd and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Huh. Who could have been interesting, I think. He could have been interesting. Very. I think he might have been filming The Dark Knight. 2013? Rises? Yes. No. No? Later? Earlier. <laughs> Wait. Bat Pod. It's a Batman podcast now. I think the movie came out. Dark Knight Rises came out in 2012. Dark Knight Rises? Not the Dark Knight, but Dark Knight Rises with Bane. See, now I'm getting my dates mixed up <laughs> for, yeah. for DC well, movies. Either uh, way, but either way, just sure, sure, I, sure. Think that, I think I think he was also incredibly busy at the time. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that would have been an interesting thing. I am glad they stuck with Paul. I think Paul does a fantastic job. I'm gonna say this almost every episode. Yeah. Sarah Finn, Finn. <laughs> has not missed. She hasn't missed. You know. No. She's she's really betting for the. Uh, she gets it. Fences, man. She yeah. gets it. She gets it. And so with that, some suggested reading. I wanted to show you this page. Yes. <laughs> well, a couple of pages before we we depart. But um, there's this really funny page from from the Ant-Man uh, book that we're about to mention. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Scott walks in on the Avengers and it's just hilarious because Blade is also in there. Oh, okay. And you could just hear, I don't know about you, but... Because of the films, I can hear Paul Rudd so clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? Cool, cool. Here, Just going to wait with my cool, daughter, cool, cool, Cassie. Yeah. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't embarrass me. Um, yeah, the humor is very, very similar. Um, so, yeah, so so that suggested Ant-Man 2020 with the creative team of Zeb Wells, Dylan Burnett, and Michael Spicer. Um, yeah, again, some great art, some fun quips, good times, familiar faces. Um Speaking of familiar faces, yes, this is an Ant-Man suggested reading. Guardians of the Galaxy 2017 with the creative team of Jerry Duggan, Rod Rice, Marcus Toe, and Ian Herring. Um, or Ian. Uh, it's another fun one. You know, like, the whole thing is like, Scott was a Guardian of the Galaxy. Like, oh he's very ingrained in Fantastic Four and Avengers, but he was a Guardian of the Galaxy, believe it or not. And so it all started with because he just wanted to get away from Earth. And so he stowed away on their ship. Mm. And then he got stuck. Whoa. They wouldn't take him home. <laughs> and so uh, he helps them, believe it or not. And it's a good time all around. Definitely a personal favorite for obvious reasons. The Astonishing Ant-Man in 2015 with creative team Nick Spencer. We've said that name a couple of times. Yes. Hydra Cap. Um, Ramon Rosanas, Jordan Boyd, and Mark Brooks. Um, a more familiar Scott for fans of the MCU version. Scott takes a temporary residence in Florida after Peggy takes Cassie down south. And to be close to his daughter, he makes the move. And so he's he's in Florida. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Florida man. <laughs> and then, last but not least, one of my particular favorites, the Avengers original run. Um, 
you know, like go around yeah, the early 80s, maybe not so much 79, but I, I my sweet spot for classic Ant-Man is about 81, 82, 1982. So go forth, read all the good stuff. Woo! And that said, that is the end of the show. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Um, a lot of science, very sciencey episode. A lot of science. I love, love it. We love that. Oh, another familiar picture for you there. Oh, yeah. Hawkeye. The, the classic Hawkeye. With Ant-Man on the arrow. Yeah. Um, so while things were small here, the next episode is pretty big. Yes. Um, it is our big 50th episode. Wild. So <laughs> we, we deliberated about this for quite a bit. We were like, who do we cover? What do we cover? Do we cover like many things or just one thing or whatever? But we narrowed it down to a very special list uh, that has been put together by a lovely listener of the show who is a gigantic fan of the MCU in general. And uh, she has oodles and oodles of questions. So shout out to uh, Des Marie, who has been saving up this long list of questions that Jeff and I will hopefully begin to tackle. We are going to rapid fire. <laughs> I, I said we're going to rapid fire it. You say that now. We'll see. I know. <laughs> Yes. Because uh, the, the list, uh, you know, last I heard, it, it it was almost 60 questions strong. So my goal is 50 for 50, but I mean... I want to answer <laughs> I want to answer the questions. We'll, if we'll she's see. compiling them, yeah. I feel bad. Okay, we got to no. at least yeah. cross off. If we don't go through at least half, yeah. I will be very sad. Yeah, I know. We got it. We got to yeah. get through. We got to get through 50, at least 50. Um, so yeah, we'll see how far we can get through within a reasonable time frame. <laughs> This could be our longest episode yet. No, um, we will do it <laughs> responsibly. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and last but not least, a We Are Groot salute to our newest Patreon patron, ChocoMG2112, as well as Claire, Robin, Andrew, Nats, Melanie, Jenny, Eve, the Arachnerd, Laura, Ed, Katie, Ashley, Ariel, Andrea, Tyler, and Jolis. That's a long list. Woo! Keep them coming. Follow us on social, S-T-R-K-C-N-T-R-S-T. And if you like what you hear, review, rate, and subscribe. Yes. I would also like to give a special shout out to um, Sam's, my girlfriend's yeah. cousins in the Philippines. Hey. I met up with them over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Diego uh, is a listener of the show. Oh, and we talk, We talked about Marvel. Oh, fun. So I want to shout out him and then... Um, his brother, um, Daniel. Like, shout out to, to them meeting you guys over Ding there. Ding on Daniel. If you're listening, hello. Hello. And thanks for listening. Mabuhay. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. And we will catch you in the next one. Catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye. The quantum realm is like its own microscopic universe. To get in there, you have to be incredibly small. Hope, she's my, um, she, she was my... She was, she was supposed to pull me out, and then Thanos happened, and I got stuck in there. I'm sorry, that must have been a very long five years. Yeah, but that's just it. It wasn't. For me, it was five hours. See, the rules of the quantum realm aren't like they are up here. Everything is unpredictable. Is that anybody's sandwich? I'm starving.